I am enough. And that is the quote of the day. Quote of the day show. I'm your host, Sean Croxon of SeanCroxon.com. I got a brand new speaker for you today, Marissa Peer. And I love this talk. And I think this talk's going to impact a lot of listeners today because I would say, in my guesstimation, the overwhelming majority of us have this belief within ourselves that says, I am not enough. And if that is how you're feeling, if that is what you believe, Marissa's going to give you something very simple that you can do every day to turn that belief around so you can become the happiest version of yourself. Here's Marissa. So I'm working on this show in England, and I'm taking celebrities who are very fat, and I'm making them thin. And of course, weight is an interesting thing. Do you know that 98% of diets fail? 2% succeed. And so some of these celebrities, we gave them everything, dieticians, exercise machines, a little bit of weight, and then they'd have a pizza to celebrate. After every weigh-in, they'd order ice cream. It's like, no, 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 guys, you've got to make this new behavior familiar. You can't celebrate with Ben and Jerry's. Anyway, the show is very good, and it got sold to America, and I got sold to America. Very exciting. So I've gone to L.A., and my producers called me and went, I really need your help. We, one of our major celebrities, because in America they were bigger in terms of stars and they were bigger in terms of weight too. He said, he's having a meltdown. We're really worried he's going to walk off the show. If he walks off the show, we're kind of screwed. So go to his house today and do whatever you can. Keep him on the show. I'm like, I'll, I'll go now. He's like, uh, what kind of car have you got? I'm like, i got a Mustang. You rented it for me. Thank you. He's like, okay. You cannot put that Mustang outside his house. You can only have a Porsche or a Ferrari or a Jaguar outside this house. So don't even put it on the street. That will wind him up. Put it around the corner. So I'm driving along to Beverly Hills in my, I thought, very cool Mustang. And I turn up at this, like, massive, extraordinarily stunning house. I knock on the door. He lets me in. He says, um... I don't know why they sent some Brit here to sort me out. You know, I've been in every rehab. I've been every. I've seen every therapist. No one can help me. I'm like, let me see what I can do. And then he said to me, you have the look of my third wife. Something about you reminds me. She was such a disappointment to me. <laughs> so I'm like, this is an amazing house. Wow. We went, I hate this house. I'm leaving. And I hate my neighbors. I'm moving. So I'm like, OK. And then I notice he has a BAFTA. And I'm like, you have a BAFTA? Do you know what a curse it is to get a BAFTA? Every time I make a film, I'm expected to get another BAFTA. So I'm like, you know what? I know what's wrong with you. He's like, really? What? What? I said, you just don't think you're enough, do you? Oh, wait, this is already up for you. You do not think that you are enough. And considering how cranky he was, his big tears started to leak out of his eyes. He said, do you think that's true? And I'm like... Come on, I know it's true, and so do you. I mean, look, you can't have a car on your drive unless it's a Porsche. You've had four ex-wives, they've all disappointed you. Your BAFTA is a curse, and you don't like this amazing house. But anyway, look, tell me about your life. 
So he's now quite mellow, and he's telling me his life. He's raised in a trailer park. They have no money. His dad's a construction worker. When he can get work, the mum works as a night nurse for more money, and they're pretty much dirt poor. And because the mum's working nights every day, he cooks his dad a construction worker's dinner of meat, vegetables, potatoes. And he has this weird stuff I've never heard of called saps, which is milk soaked in bread. And I'm like, did your dad ever share his food? He went, are you kidding? He would share that with a dog before he even gave me his leftovers. I'm like, well, there it is. If you're own father doesn't like you, if you don't even get the same food that you cook from, if he prefers the dog to you, none of your needs are met. Now, children must idealize their parents. That is a fact. You have to idealize your parents. And when your parents are wrong, you can't ever get that. So you think, I'm wrong. So what you've done is very common. I'm not enough. That's why my parents treat me like this. I'm going to get better, and then they'll be great. And that is the driver that has made you extraordinarily famous and successful. But guess what? You still think you're not enough. And all this stuff is never going to help you because you don't feel enough. So if I was a doctor, I was diagnosing you. Here's your diagnosis. You don't think you're enough. And here's your prescription. I want you to say it every day in the shower, I'm enough. What else are you going to say in there? Oh, I love the smell of this Joe Malone shampoo. <laughs> I'm enough. You say that over and over and over again. So he's quite up for it. So we've gone around his house, and I've written on all his mirrors in big lipstick. He's got a lot of lipstick with four ex-wives. I'm enough. <laughs> I've written, I said, just say it, say it, say it, think it. So I've written it, and I've taken his phone, and I've put it on his phone alerts every morning, every night. It pings with, I am enough. Anyway, I've, he stayed on the set, and we've done a little bit of work, and then I've had to come back to London because I'm doing both shows, um, six weeks here, six weeks there. Six weeks later, I'm back on my set, and I'm going onto the studio. I'm on the lot, and I'm walking to the recording studio, and I see someone only about as far away as you. And when I see him, and he sees me, he starts to undo his trousers. Then he undoes his shirt, and I'm like, is this guy really going to flash me on a lot in L.A.? And where is security? And then I realize it's him. And when I get close, he went, look at me. I have lost so much weight. Look how flat my stomach is. He said, I never would have believed that those three words could change my life. I went, well, they do that. They changed my life. That's why I teach this stuff. He went, no, but no, but guess what? I've sold the Porsche. He goes, I've got a Mini. Now I'm not a fat, cranky bastard. I don't need that Porsche. And guess what else? I've just started to date a hairdresser. He said, all my girlfriends have been models and actresses. He said, I'm having a normal life. He said, it's like amazing. So I stayed in touch with him. And a couple of years ago, he called me and went, guess where I am? I'm like, tell me. He said, I'm fishing in Iceland. And guess what else? I'm happy. So I've never been happy in my life. I've just got a normal life. And I'm so happy. So I'm back in England, and a psychiatrist calls me, because I do very unusual work. Occasionally, when psychiatrists can't get anywhere, they send me their clients. And this psychiatrist said, look, we've got this girl. She's tried to kill herself. She's, she's been sectioned. I don't know what to do with her. I'm so scared she's going to jump out of a window. Can you come and see what you can do? So I'm like, sure, I've worked with him a lot. So I've gone to this hospital, and I've read her notes. And I, I understand what's going on. Her mother killed herself when she was young. She found her mother. She's a city trader earning three million sterling a year. 
She's a compulsive shopper, and she's just tried to jump under a train. So I've gone into her room, and I've said, do you know what's wrong with you? She went, oh, yes, I have manic depression, I'm bipolar, I'm a compulsive shopper, and I'm a hoarder. I'm like, you don't think you're enough. I said, all this other stuff, your mum tried to kill herself, well, did kill herself, and you found her, and any child going through that would think the same thought. If I was enough... How would my mum do that? I couldn't, I wasn't even enough for my mum to live or not even to kill herself where I didn't find her. And all this shopping is just filler for the fact that you don't think you're enough. And I said, and I want to help you. She said, well, I'm going to kill myself. It's not if, it's when. I'm like, well, okay. But before you do that, how about you just have a month of saying, and they're not letting you out of here anyway, so... How about just saying, I'm enough? They're not letting you near any windows, so you're going to be locked in this room for a while, but how about just doing it? So I did the same thing, took her phone, put on it, I'm enough, and it goes off every morning, every night, wrote it on her mirror, because she was so very fragile, I made her a recording. I hypnotised her, I sat next to her, and I just said in her ear over and over again, you are enough, you are enough, I made her say it back. Because she's so fragile, I start to text her every day saying, you're enough, and she starts to text me back, I am enough. And this girl had such a phenomenal transformation. She gave up her job. She started a charity for depressed people. And this TV station's got her story, and she's going to be on the TV. And they said, can you come on as well? Because you helped her. I'm okay. So I've gone on the TV. This is not about me, this show. It's about her. But at one stage, the anchorman looked at me and went, but what did you do? What did you do that no one else did? And I kind of took a bit of a breath. I thought, oh, my God, they're going to think this is really woo-woo, really L.A. I went, well, I told her she was enough. I made her a recording to listen to every day. I wrote it on her hand. I wrote it on her mirror. And I waited for him to roll his eyes, and he went, oh, my God, I love that. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to write that on my mirror. And I think all are viewers will love that. So I've gone home and I have thousands of emails saying, um, where can I get this book called I'm Enough? It's not a book, it's a part of a book. So I'm home and the psychiatrist ran me, went, oh, I saw the show. I said, what did you think? He went, oh my God, it's so depressing. I'm like, what, the mother? No, you cured that girl in an hour. I have been working with her for years. I'm like, well, why don't you do what I do? I mean, I don't understand. Every psychiatrist is taught the common denominator of all our problems is we don't feel good enough, smart enough, pretty enough, lovable enough. So when you do that psychiatrist, how do you feel today? And how did that make you feel? Which is really psychiatrist. I don't have a clue what to do with you. So I just keep saying, and how did that make you feel? Stop doing that Go straight to what's wrong with them. They, it doesn't matter what they feel. They don't feel enough. All right. That was Marissa Peer. Her website is marissapeer.com. And I highly encourage you to watch that entire talk. It is on the YouTube. It's called The Biggest Disease Affecting Humanity, I'm Not Enough by Marissa P. 
here. That's on the Mind Valley YouTube channel. That is it for me. If you do have like 45 extra seconds today, please leave a rating and review for the show on iTunes. I really appreciate it. It really helps the show. Head on over to my website and pick up my new ebook, The Money Mind Reset Five Steps to Changing Your Relationship with the Money. That's at SeanCroxon.com as well as MoneyMindReset.com. And that is it for me. I will see you tomorrow. We're going old school with Maxwell Maltz tomorrow. So tune in for that. I will see you then. Peace. Thank you.